Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we'd like to welcome you to the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening wherever you are. So glad to have you with us. Now, this is going to be the final chapter in the book of Revelation. We're going to read the final chapter, 22. Do my best to cover the whole thing. Could spend a lot more time on it, but we won't. It's really an overview. But let's read chapter 22. And then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city. And his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Behold, I'm coming soon. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers, the prophets, and all who keep the words of this book, worship God. And then he told me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, because the time is near. Let him who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let him who is vile continue to be vile. Let him who does right continue to do right and let him who is holy continue to be holy. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. 
Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony to the churches. I am the root and offspring of David and the bright and morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. And I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from his book of prophecy, God will take from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, again, we're so thankful to be here to this today. We thank you for those that have come. We know the number of people that are sick and have various uh, genuine reasons why they're not here. And we pray for them, for their recovery and protection. We thank you for the ones that are tuning in and listening, and uh, WLPV, the ones that will be watching. Uh, we thank each one of those as well and uh, help us, give us understanding. This final chapter in the book of Revelation, help us to tune in, to be focused and to be taught and to learn and apply it, these things that we will learn into our lives on a daily basis. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, last week we learned about the uh, New Jerusalem and what that is, what that will be. This is the uh, final conclusion of uh, the series we've been covering in the book of Revelation. This chapter, just like the whole book of Revelation, you know, it's full of promises, so many promises. And... Uh, the book of Revelation, or the, the Apocalypse, it was given to the Apostle John, who was given a guided tour, so to speak. Have you ever had a guided tour? And they show you around. Well, an angel showed John around, gave him these visions of what heaven is going to be like and uh, future events. Uh, the book of Revelation is uh, all about prophecy and what will happen in the future. 
And a lot of it obviously is symbolic, but it doesn't alter the fact that those symbols mean something uh, true and real. And I've done my best, the best that I can, but uh, there's a lot that we don't know. And um, we'll move on and finish. And hopefully next, next week we'll start on the book of Jude, the next book back. So, John, he sees this uh, crystal clear river of running water flowing down from the throne through the city. That's the new Jerusalem. That's what the city is. And it's throwing from the Lord's throne down through the golden street. We know there's only one street. And it's like transparent glass. And then back up to the throne again. It's a continual flow. Now this, this water that flows, it says, is living water. Living water. It's like the endless supply of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but you don't need to get to heaven to drink the living water. You could have it now. Do you have the living water now? You can have if you don't have it. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can have the Holy Spirit. How? Well, first of all, you need to get saved because that's the only way you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. And the only way you can be saved is through trusting and believing and receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And once you believe, you know, you confess that you're a sinner, you ask God to forgive you of your sins, you believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sins on the cross and paid the penalty of your sins so you don't have to be punished for your sins. Believe that in your heart. Confess that with your mouth. And the promise is you shall be saved. And once you believe and receive Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, and you are born again. You are born physically, obviously, into this world but you can be born spiritually by receiving spiritual life, the living water. Amen? And after we receive, after we're saved, we need to mature and grow in the faith. We have to empty ourselves of anything that would prevent the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Get rid of any disobedience to the word of God in our lives and surrender to God's will. There's another word for that. It's called consecration. That's something we need to do on a daily basis. Surrender our will to God's will. However, as long as we live in this mortal body, we're going to struggle with sin, because we all fall short of the glory of God. We'll never be perfect in this world, but one day we will be. When we get to heaven, we'll be just like him. The Lord Jesus, who was perfect, remember he was born of a virgin, didn't have a human father, didn't have that centrate running through his veins, oh no, no. Mary, she can see through the power of the Holy Spirit he was pure, the only person who's ever been born who was without sin. Perfect sacrifice, 
who paid the price, the only one that could. One day, one fine day, the living water will be available and we can drink to our heart's content and never have the curse of sin that so easily besets us, that so easily hinders us from being filled on a daily basis. Amen? So John, he also saw as well as, as well as the river of life coming from the throne down through the uh, streets and then back again. He also see either side of this river, the tree of life. It was bearing 12 crops every month. And from the book of Galatians, we know the fruit of the spirit. Can you, can you count them all? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So that's just a few. The river of life is going to be there continuously, and we can freely drink continuously. And the fruit will be be able to eat continuously and, and there's going to be leaves on the tree for healing. There's going to be no more disease or suffering there. Why? Because it tells us there's no longer going to be any curse. Let's read the rest of the verse there, 22, 3 through 5. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city that's the new Jerusalem. And his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. And there'll be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light. And they will reign forever and ever. So like I said, there's quite a number of promises, isn't there? The, the, the Bible is full of promises, and particularly in this chapter, quite a number of them that I've just read. And we will be there with God, along with his servants who will serve him continually, he says. You know, it's a blessing to serve God, those, that, those of you that do, in one form or another. We receive a blessing by serving others. Those who receive the honor and privilege of serving Jesus, they delight in it. They delight in it. You can too, if you haven't started already. It's only when we are self-centered that serving others doesn't appeal to us. We just want to serve ourselves. Uh, it's a good job that Jesus didn't have that attitude. He humbled himself and became a servant, even to the point of death on the cross. And Jesus said, even if you, you give a cup of cold water to somebody in his name, then you shall receive a reward. The scripture says that his servants will see him face to face and his name will be on their foreheads. And we too, we are continuously on, on his heart and we are continuously on his mind. See, they're going to have that 
his name on their foreheads. He said, there are going to be no more night. They will not need the lamp, light of the lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. There's going to be no need for the sun or the moon. There's going to be no darkness there. The glory of Christ, the Shekinah glory, Jesus will shine forth brighter than the sun. There's going to be no doom or gloom in the new Jerusalem. No shadows, no darkness, no sin. The Apostle Paul wrote to young Pastor Timothy. He confirmed what Paul, uh, John says here, that they will reign forever and ever. Those that take note, Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. Because of time, I'm not going to read the whole thing. That we will reign with Christ. And not just during the 1,000-year millennial kingdom, but also in the new Jerusalem, in the eternal state. We will reign with Christ. And it's only faithful believers who will reign with Christ. Revelation 2.26 says, To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations just as I have received authority from my Father. So we are going to reign with Christ. But what does reigning mean? I'm not talking about that stuff, that wet stuff that comes down from the sky periodically. Different spelling, different meaning. Reigning means that faithful believers will be given authority over others as part of their reward in heaven. Question is, will, will we all be given the same authority? What do you think? Talking about rewards. Or will that authority differ, differ from believer to believer? Well, it wouldn't be fair, would it, if somebody who served God since they've been saved for the majority of their life and someone else who's been saved and doesn't do a thing but sits on their blessed assurance and does nothing for the Lord, it wouldn't be fair for those people to receive a reward like the ones that have been faithful to the Lord since they've been saved. Scripture reveals that we will not all be given the same authority. The extent of the authority given to us will depend on our obedience to the Lord's commands while here on earth. Specifically, the quantity and the quality of service to the Lord will determine how much authority we will be given in God's coming kingdom and beyond. It doesn't alter the fact that we're going to go to heaven. It doesn't alter the fact that we're going to, that we're saved. We're talking about rewards, how many rewards we will receive. If you want to know more about that, 
Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Holy living, living a holy life and serving and being faithful to Jesus will result in eternal rewards. Coming to church, being faithful, that's being faithful. And they are keeping account. The books are, are being filled out. Everything we ever do, the rewards will be handed to us by Christ, crowns. And those of us that are saved should focus on Jesus every day and make it our aim to please him. Not just on Sundays. Some people can't even do that. We should make it our aim to please Jesus. How? By obeying him. By yielding to the Holy Spirit, the living water. Serving Jesus from a thankful heart. With our time. Our resources. Our gifts. Our talents. Why? In order to bring glory to God. Because all those things, it's not our time. It's not our resources. It's not our gifts. It's not our talents. Because all of those things are a gift from God. Amen? So in, if we do those things, if we are faithful, obeying, yield to the Holy Spirit, serve Jesus from a thankful heart, in doing so, we will store up treasures in heaven. They're rewards. And we will receive eternal rewards in the coming age. Jesus said himself, Matthew 6, 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So it's an individual choice for us to lay up treasures in heaven we can't lay, i can't lay up treasures in heaven for you you can't lay up treasures in heaven for me it's something we have to do ourselves you're not saved by good works but you're expected to work in the for the kingdom for the lord once you've been saved good works is not going to save you but good works done through the right motives will receive a reward. We're commanded to lay up treasures in heaven. Jesus said that. Lay up treasures for yourself in heaven. We wouldn't be commanded to do it if it wasn't possible. Amen? So, if there are many treasures that can be laid up in heaven, which there is, it should be obvious that some are going to lay up more treasures in heaven than others because we're all different. And then comes the reward. And he says there in verse 12, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man and woman according to his work 
according to every man, according to his work, shall be. So you're not saved by works, but you're expected to work for the Lord since you've been saved. And some work more than others. And some are going to receive more rewards than others. Does that make sense? Of course it does. So to a certain extent then, our eternal reward and authority to reign with Jesus is partly up to us. We could choose to do nothing. Right? It's partly up to us what we choose to do for the Lord. Little things that may not seem significant to others, but God's keeping account. We're putting credit in heaven's bank account. And God is no man's debtor. He'll reward us for the works that we do. Folding the bulletins, making the coffee, coming to church faithfully. It's all about being faithful. Praying. Giving of your time, your gifts, your resources. Thank God for our musicians. Amen. A blessing. Serving the Lord. God's keeping account. VBS. Sunday school teachers. Whatever. Whatever you do. The Lord knows we're doing it for him. We're not doing it for ourselves. We're not doing it just to get rewards. Why do we do it? Why should we do it? Out of a pure heart. Because we love the Lord. Knowing that what he has done, the work that he did on the cross. Amen? He could have stayed in heaven. Didn't need to come down here. Would you want to come back? Kind of feel sorry for Lazarus a little bit. You know, he was in that grave with a, with a wrapped up and... Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. He died, obviously. Was it four days he was in the tomb? And you know the reason he said, Lazarus, come forth? Because if it had just said, come forth, they'd have all come out of the graves. A whole lot of them. So he said, Lazarus, come forth, and he came out. What did you bring me back for? I was in paradise. I was so happy. Got more work for Lazarus to do. We go when we're done, when our time's up, right? Anyway, we don't go until God calls us. That's when we go. I'll just share with you that somebody I know, and he said, I can't live like this anymore. I said, was... There's a lot of people a lot worse off than you. A lot worse off. And they said, I don't want to live like this anymore. And I said, well, we go when God calls us. He's got more for you to do. Amen? So to a certain extent, our eternal rewards and authority over others is dependent upon us. I'm not talking about a works mentality. But let's never forget what Jesus says. He said, without me, 
you can do nothing, right? So we can do all these works and it's going to be burned up. It's going to be a complete waste of time because we did them for the wrong motive, all right? Our motive has to be right because we want to serve Jesus and we want to serve others. And in doing so, we will store up treasures in heaven. If we're doing it just to get credit from other people, then God is not getting the glory, is he? We're drawing attention to ourselves instead of us drawing attention to him. We can bring glory to God through our lives, but only if we do things for the right motive. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It talks about rewards. Some are going to get burned up. Some are going to be uh, last throughout eternity. Precious jewels, gold, silver. Others are going to be like hay, wood, stubble, burned up. They were works, but they weren't done for the right motive. So let's conclude. Finally, Revelation 22. It contains promises. We've read some this morning. Blessings and an invitation. There it is in verse 17. And this is also for people, those of you that are not saved. This is what the word of God said. Verse 17. The spirit and the bride say, Come and let him who hears come, whoever is thirsty... Let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. So there's an invitation. Have you received the living water? Or are you still dead, spiritually dead, with no spiritual life in you? That's your choice. But if you, unless you get saved, you're going to remain in that condition, spiritually dead. And obviously, those that reject Jesus and what he did on the cross, how do you think God's going to accept you into his heaven if you reject his son? It's not going to happen. So you need to receive him while you've still got breath because there's no coming back. That is a crock the belief or the false belief in reincarnation, it doesn't exist. It's a lie from the pit of hell, deceiving people for hundreds and hundreds of years. So we've got promises, we've got the blessings, we've got that invitation. And also in verse 18, there's a warning because love warns. Amen? If you love a child, you tell them, not to run across the road because they may get hit. That's love because you love that child. Well, this is what the Bible does. It warns us. It condemns those who would attempt to add or take anything away written in this book. Adding to God's word, it says, brings judgment and the plagues that are written in this book to those that ignore the warning. Let me close. The Old Testament, the Old Covenant, ends with a promise. 
that the son of righteousness, who's that? Jesus. There's only one righteous, only one without sin. That the son of righteousness will come with healing. And he did. Amen. That's Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. Now in the New Testament, that also closes with a promise. He says, yes, I am coming soon. Are you ready? I am coming soon. So we better get ready. Because Jesus has never broken a promise yet, and he never will. He will come again. And to that we say along with John the Revelator, come Lord Jesus. Amen. Come Lord Jesus. Jesus. Are you ready? Are you ready? If you're not ready, you're not ready. But you can be ready. Get ready. He's coming soon. Let's close. Heavenly Father, again, we are so thankful to be here this morning. We thank you for the measure of strength that you've given to us in order to be here. And you prompted us to come. It didn't happen by coincidence. And uh, we just pray and hope that the things that's been shared this morning will motivate us to do whatever we can by your grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to serve you and to yield to your Holy Spirit and be obedient uh, to your word, to consecrate our life and to be faithful for the rest of our lives until you take us home where we will eat the fruit of the tree of life and drink of the living water and we will never be hungry we'll never have to thirst and hunger and thirst after righteousness and we will dwell in the house of the lord forever and ever and for those of you let me address you that have never received Jesus as your personal saviour. I think I've made it perfectly clear in what the Bible teaches. That Jesus was born of a virgin Mary. He lived a perfect sinless life. He suffered and died on a cross and shed his sinless blood to pay the penalty for your sins so you wouldn't have to be punished for them. And he died and he was buried and he rose again from the dead and is alive. And if you want to receive eternal life, you have to receive the living water. You have to receive Jesus who is the life. Have you done that? You can do it now and call upon the name of Jesus to save you. And then you are guaranteed a home in heaven when you leave this world. And you will have a peace in your heart and your mind that passes all understanding once you receive the Prince of Peace. And I hope and pray that you do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. 
You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.